Thank you for joining me at the Ghost Light. My name is Matt Morris, and I want to get to the bottom of what inspires the average theater professional. There are a lot of people to talk to, so let's get to work. Thanks for listening to the seventh episode of The Ghost Light. Every download, subscription, and rating is vital to the survival of the show. Unfortunately, I can't pay to advertise, so word of mouth and my own marketing prowess is all I have. So pretty much, word of mouth is all I have. If you could subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend about the show, it would mean the world to me. In addition to that, I'm still looking for people with interesting stories to talk with. If you know someone in the theater with a unique perspective, have them reach out to me at TGLpod on Twitter and Facebook or on Gmail at theghostlightpod at gmail.com. This episode, my friend from college, Jesse Little, comes on the show to talk about the theater scene in Seattle. We also touch on the new play, The Old Man and the Old Moon. Enjoy. I can see you. Oh, I, I can't see you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't have a webcam. Maybe I should get one. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for agreeing to be a part of this. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about theater. Yeah, of course. So um, why don't you just go ahead and start me from the beginning when you got started in the theater until where you are right now? Oh, wow. Um Gosh, many moons ago. So I started theater when I was eight years old uh, with a company called CYT in San Diego, California, which was Christian Youth Theater. And uh, I did shows with them. And that's where I fell in love with theater, for sure. Um, And then doing um, shows outside of CYT as I got a little older. And then um, my family moved up to Idaho when I was in high school. And I did the community theaters up there, as well as uh, our high school productions, continuing also with uh, the CYT that was in Spokane, Washington. And then by the time I had to pick a college, my parents were like, great, what theater program are you going to be looking at? And I thought, oh, right, I should major in this. And I found TCU and went and got my BFA in theater emphasis, musical theater. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird staring at myself. <laughs> not, <laughs> Sorry. Not seeing anybody else. It's okay. Um, yeah, so I got my BFA, then worked professionally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area a year after I graduated in 2013. Knew I wanted to move to a city to pursue theater, um, but was looking at Chicago or Seattle. Um, but definitely always felt called to Seattle. It's kind of where my heart was with the mountains and um and all there's, it's a city full of art and mountains and sports and kind of had everything I was looking for. And so moved to Seattle. Um, it'll be three years this September 
and just working as a theater artist and as a teacher um, and as a server when the time when I need that for money, <laughs> basically. So you've been you've been involved in the theater for a long time. Uh, was your family involved in the theater uh, when you were growing up? You know, it's kind of funny. We we kind of make a joke that um, no, which surprises a lot of people because my mom's a producer. Um, mm-hmm. My parents were definitely theater supporters. They would go see shows occasionally, um, and therefore took me to a few. But it definitely they weren't involved um, in any way or did they study it or anything. Um, but once I started doing theater, my mom started to volunteer more and more. And through her volunteering with my children's, with the youth theater that I was involved with, she just kind of found her niche and slowly worked her way up in the theater world and is now heavily involved in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but but no, they just kind of, they they put me in theater because they knew it was a good, you know, after school activity. And I was a very social child so that that seemed like it seemed like a good fit so yeah that's interesting it's normally the other way around that the parents get the kid into theater but you get your parents totally (laughs) i roped i roped my whole family in because my brothers were sports boys but they ended up you know doing crew for a couple of the shows that i did they Mm. also performed in some shows i got the whole family yeah the the little family is all involved Yes. So you mentioned being yep. in Seattle now. Uh, how would mm-hmm. you describe the theater or the theater scene in Seattle? Because I know it's probably slightly different than New York and Fort Worth and a lot of other cities. Yeah, totally. So obviously, it's it's smaller than New York. So you you don't have as much going on as you do in New York. Um, if anybody knows the Dallas Fort Worth theater scene, uh, such, you know, a professional theater scene that I came from, it's a little bit bigger than that. So it kind of falls in between. Um, but it's, and, and like many, uh, theater communities, it, it is such a, a, it is such a community feeling. I mean, you're here for one year and you feel like, you know, everybody, um, you've, you know, you go to auditions and you see the same people and, but I hear people say that about New York as well, but it definitely, it being smaller than New York, uh, you know, again, you feel that after the first year that you're like, Oh, I know, I know basically everybody within the professional theater community. I, I know them or at least have passed them or have met them once or something. Um, so there's that, there's that really the tight knit small community element that's here. And then as far as the work that they do, um, you know, besides some of the, the bigger houses, you know, that do them, that do a lot of the commercial stuff. Well, even them, even them too, a lot of the houses here are really big on doing new work, which is really exciting. And I think, I don't want to call it a fad, but I think that is something that people are realizing is really important and always has been important in the theater world, but Seattle's really big on that. So going from fringe theater all the way up to the professional companies, there's going to be at least one new work in their season, probably for every now theater in Seattle. Um, You'll see that on their season, which is really exciting um, as an actor and just as a a person in the theater, because you're always seeing new work, which is really cool. And yeah, they're really big on doing um, social justice pieces, especially the, the fringe theaters or their smaller professional theaters. Um, you see a lot of pieces about race, especially right now. 
You mentioned the new works. Uh, do you prefer to work on new works or do you prefer to work on established plays or does it not matter to you? Right. Uh, that's a good question. I just, so the last musical I finished was a new work um, at a, one of the professional houses in Seattle. And that was, a, so that was a first, I've worked on new works before, but that was the first, uh, I've mostly done readings of new works, I should say, or workshops. And this was my first where the, the writers are in the room during the rehearsal process. And, you know, you're showing up to rehearsal and they're giving you new pages, um, but you're still opening up the show, you know, in like two weeks. But you're, and that was, that in itself was exciting and was a cool journey. And even as an ensemble member, I got to feel like I was, you know, originating a role, even as ensemble number two. So that's cool. But, you know, yeah, I think I haven't done enough new works fully on their feet to to really know which one I, I would prefer. It, is there just like a different energy to them? You said that the writers are in the room. Does that make things a little bit more nerve wracking or does that relax you? Uh, with these particular, I, I would imagine if you had, maybe if you had writers who were um, not great at collaborating, but we had really great, we had, yeah, these, they were great people. Um, they really wanted to collaborate. They really wanted to hear your ideas. They really wanted to have discussion. So they were really, they made the room uh, very, I guess, uh, like friendly and inviting and workable. I don't think anybody felt pressure from them. And it was a very open room. It was a very open rehearsal room where people felt like if they had a question about their character, like, um, it doesn't make sense to me that I would be over here now or that my character would say this. Um, our whole artistic team made it very clear that if you had questions or concerns or thoughts that you should say something, because that was the whole point of the process. They wanted to make the show the best it could be. So it was a pretty great, I think, creative environment with that one specifically. But I could imagine if you had writers that didn't want to budge on things or didn't want to hear what you had to say, I could imagine that being very difficult. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but wasn't my case, fortunately. Yeah, and and you're not a veteran of new works because I think you said you've no. only worked on one show. But if right. if you were to give advice to somebody their first time doing a new work, what would that advice be? I think it would be knowing, well, you know, feeling the energy of the room. Hopefully, when people do work on new works, they will be uh, working with people who do want to collaborate. And so I say, if you're walking into that type of environment, I would say be brave and be bold in the ideas that you have, or if you maybe did a thing. Um, so it definitely took me a little while to warm up into having a voice in the room because I didn't want to sound, you know, stupid or wrong. But as we know in the theater and like many things in life, you can't, you know, be afraid of like failing or saying something that's stupid. You just need to kind of, yeah, speak speak what you think is truth, especially if you're all in there with the purpose of trying to create the best story and the best work, you know, and you feel like you, if you have a good idea or have a thought, you should say it and say something. That would be my advice. So speak up. Speak up. Yeah. Everybody has good ideas. Where do you see yourself in like 10 years or where do you hope you'll be in 10 years? Do you want to stay in Seattle or are you hoping to move to another city? Yeah, gosh, 10 years. That is, that's a bit of time. Um, <laughs> Five years, 10 years, whatever. Down the road. Whatever it is. <laughs> I definitely have, you know, one of my dreams, absolutely, for sure, is 
doing a show, uh, you know, on Broadway. And so, you know, what does that look like? How do I get there? I'm not sure. And I'm definitely not at a place where I'm, you know, worried about it. I don't know if worried is the right word, but I, I think, you know, in my head, ideally, the dream, I guess you could say, is that there are many shows that start in Seattle that go to New York, um, much uh, like at the Fifth Avenue Theater, for example, you know, Aladdin started there and then went to Broadway and uh, Shrek started there and then went to Broadway. Um, Village At the Village Theater here, uh, Next to Normal started there and then went to Broadway. It would be amazing and awesome to book a show, get in a you know, show like that and then travel with it to Broadway. So you're in Seattle for like the casting and rehearsals and you get to open it here, but then you go to New York with the show already in hand that would go straight to Broadway. I think that's, that's kind of the dream in my head. So I, I would like to say that if that could happen in five years, then I'll ride that wave. Hey, you never know. It's a crazy business. (laughs) You never know. That's right. All right. So, um, when I said inspirational show, you said the old man and the old moon, which is a show that I had never heard of. It's it was new. I, I think done in San Diego is what you said. I unfortunately wasn't able to get like a copy of the show to read it or anything. So why don't you give me a brief description of what the show was about? Sure. So it's about this. It's a folklore. Uh, it's about this old man whose job it is to fill up the moon. Um, because it's, it's dripping. And so it's basically, that's, it's saying that's why we have these different phases of the moon because the the moon has a drip in it. So it's this old man's job to fill up the moon, um, as it drips so that we always have a full moon. Well, his wife is there, they're this old couple and his wife, uh, you know, wants adventure. And she said, we used to go on adventures and we don't anymore. So she ends up leaving And he realizes like, oh my gosh, I need to chase after the love of my life. And so he leaves the moon and his duties and goes on this crazy adventure to find his wife, who you find out is basically traveling to the end of the world. And so he is on a journey to the end of the world to get his true love back. And he goes on all these crazy adventures. He gets swallowed by a whale. He impersonates a war captain to get on a ship. And you find out at the end of the play that he gets to the end of the world and you find, you find out that's actually where he grew up and it's the city of light. And that's where he ha- gets the light for the moon. He like puts it in buckets and he uh, finds his wife there and he's like, I am so sorry. I forgot about our love and all the adventures we went on. I got so tied up in this job that I had. And so they find each other again and basically tell you to, um, you know, make sure that you're paying attention to the ones that you love and that to watch out for, I guess, you know, being a person that is a homebody, (laughs) I guess, make sure you take adventures and, and go after the things that you love. And then, yeah, you see them at home and then they, he actually passes his role as like the moon filler to a younger man. Cause he's like me and my wife are going off into the sunset. And so he passes that the roll down to a younger man. He says, but you can leave for a while and you can, you don't have to keep the moon full the whole time, which is again, why kind of their explanation of why we have different phases of the moon because he passed the roll down and it doesn't have to stay full forever because it's important to leave and let the moon drip a little bit. And then he'll, the young man comes back and fills it up. 
And then the old man and his wife sail away into their next adventure. And that's the show. Great. Yeah, I was able to see some production shots, and it really is just breathtaking, the imagery that they had in the show. But when, when I said inspirational, why did you think of this show? Why is it inspirational to you? I think it's because it was so creative and playful, and it was a story of hope, um, a story that... Yeah, I just found it incredibly witty and and incredibly exciting to watch. And that's kind of theater that I'd like to see more and also theater that I'd like to create myself and yeah, in my life. So it was like, oh, that that is a type of theater that I want to do or that I want to see more or that I want to be a part of in some way. Um, And uh, yeah. Because after I saw the show, I just felt like I was swimming with a ton of ideas in my head, which was very exciting. So do you think this show will be successful? Uh, do you think that maybe it'll have a long run somewhere or it'll move to New York? When I, I talked to the cast afterwards, and I think this is the second or third professional theater that it's been to. So... Yeah, I think they were in Chicago before. What's interesting with this theater company, the Pigpen Theater Company and their model, it's really interesting. They also have like another show, I should say, in their back pocket right now that they performed right before they came out to the Old Globe in San Diego to do The Old Man and the Old Moon. Um, and I think they did, it's something in the bears, the the man and the bear or something. And that um, was in Chicago. And so they're, they're as to will it be on Broadway? I don't. I don't know. It's kind of you know. It's an intimate show, um, so I see it as more of an off-Broadway show. But I, I would not be surprised if one of their shows, whether this one or that bear one that I mentioned, would be taken to off-Broadway because I think it's in there. I think they're brilliant. So I could totally see it um, having a, a longer life um, for sure. Do you think its message is enough to carry the show? And, and what do you think its message ultimately is? I think it's ultimate. I do think the message, I mean, I, I left feeling so full. Maybe that's also just because I was a, you know, a theater artist. And so I was so mesmerized by all the theatrical elements that were happening. I think the message is strong enough. I mean, this idea that you need to make sure that you're living your life to the fullest, I think is is the message at the end. Just make sure you're yeah, living a life that is full. And I think that's that is important for people to hear because you know, we're we you know, those those constant discussions we have about not making money the priority or not making, you know, your office job a priority and, you know, putting things that mean the most to you in front of you. And I think that's a message that humans, people are gonna need to hear for the rest of our lives. <laughs> And as long as we exist. <laughs> so I do, I do think it was, I do think it is a strong enough message and Im- impacted the people. I mean, the audience was just glowing when they left. Everybody was. And, you know, left with like a bit of, of light in their soul and probably felt a bit inspired to maybe go on an adventure, whether that means go have a picnic in your backyard or go to Europe. But I think it was like, great, do something. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you do with inspiration? Because just to the nature of the job, actors aren't always going to have roles. So what do you do in the meantime? Do you write or do you draw or do you meditate? What do you do? Right. Yeah. 
I, you know, for the longest time I wasn't, I, I didn't do really any of those things. I should say I do write. Like I, I've kept a journal ever since third grade. So I shouldn't say I don't, I, I do not write, but I, I never wrote, you know, a script or I've never been big on poetry or anything like that. But I write about my days and what I'm thinking and things like that. I go on walks a lot with music. <laughs> That's like a way I, you know, I listen to a lot of film scores and gaming scores um, instrumental music and I take on walks. That's, um, kind of a way in which I can kind of get in my head or get out of my head, whichever one I need to do. But it's interesting as of late, I've felt this like need to want to create more to perhaps write a story or, um, or be a part of a team that is creating something new. I don't, I, cause I definitely don't consider myself a writer and um, but I have, I have a friend, for example, who approached me about maybe taking on a project, an idea that she had for a show. She, you know, called me creative, which was very sweet. And so I said, I'd love to give ideas and talk to you about my thoughts about what I envision at least. And then maybe you could take it and write something. And she was like, that sounds great. And that's never really happened to me before. I've never been, you know, I've never felt the need to, but in the past year, I've kind of felt this itch to maybe create something. And so what we do now in, in these times, I usually call her when I have ideas and I'll, or I'll type them out on email and send them to her. Um, yeah. So I guess it's writing them down now. So I guess I'm writing a little bit more than I ever have in my life, which is cool. Cause I have these ideas in my head that I want to get down on paper. Um, yeah. Great. Well, I, I hope you pursue that. Thanks. I hope I do too. It's a cool, it's a really cool spot to be in when you feel like this pull to want to create something. It's really satisfying as an artist, I think. Definitely. So I just have one last question for you uh, and you can interpret it this any way you want. I've just been asking everyone this. So dream role, what is your dream role and why? Ah, <laughs> the dream role. The dream role. And of course, this will change over the course of your life, but you know, just uh, right now. It will probably change tomorrow. My dream role, Matt Morris, is I have now that I have like five that have come to my head, and I'm trying to pick just one. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. This is going to sound silly or cheesy maybe but here all. we go i would love to one day be in the musical come from away i love it so much um and i think it would be so much fun to perform so that's kind of like a current dream show and there's a role in it there's a woman who plays like a, a young newscaster and i think she would be fun to play but honestly that that shows a dream show because of the ensemble aspect and so that's why i'd want to do it is because of you just play with an ensemble of people and that sounds so fun. Yeah. So that's going to be my answer. The newscaster come from away. That totally works. I appreciate you being on Jesse. It was a pleasure talking with you. It looks like you have plenty of daylight left there in Seattle. So I hope you enjoy it. It's so sunny. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Ghost Light. If you like the show, tell a friend, hit subscribe. It would really help me out. 
Next week, actor Jonathan Fielding joins me to talk about his experience starting a theater company, why Professional Wrestler is on his website, and The Play That Goes Wrong, a show that he is currently understudying for on Broadway. If you like the music, Melandros and Breeze are both in the show notes. See you next time at The Ghost Light. Ghostlight.